Yeah, so we got, I'm preaching today, and it's the, uh, in case you didn't realize, but Ash Wednesday was uh, last Wednesday. So um, this is sort of like begin the season of lead up the journey towards uh, Easter. And uh, some people might be giving up, um, giving up different things, chocolate or, um, or beer or whatever it is. Uh, that's what people do. And I think in, um, in some traditional churches, they put um, ash ashes on on the across ash across ash on the forehead yeah so they happen on wednesday and uh and so for the next uh season period of sundays seven sundays as we six sundays and then easter we're going to be uh, like coming back to coming back to different um themes and this is this has been, uh, it's quite cool, Tear Fund have made these videos, we'll watch in a second, but they called them Seven Sayings. They're these seven sayings, seven things that Jesus said from the cross, and so for each of the Sundays coming up, we'll, we'll focus on each, of the def- on each of the seven sayings. So for the, fir- the first one today, we were going to be uh, thinking about forgiveness, and I think I'm so glad, like, forgiveness. I really have enjoyed, I've really enjoyed um, thinking about it, and it's actually brought a whole lot of life to me. And I think even just, you might want to do this, just even if you um, scan through the Bible and find every time, every time the Lord talks about forgiveness. And I reckon there's, there's life here for us as you do that. So anyway, <clears throat> confession. <laughs> I'm going to be confessing a few sins today. For you, for, to get, receive forgiveness, obviously. For confession. I haven't mowed the lawns since before Christmas. Until yesterday. Don't judge me. Some of you already are. <laughs> so yesterday I got into it. And it was such tough going. Uh, we've got a, I've got a Makita uh, with rechargeable batteries. I had to charge the batteries twice to get through the lawns. It took a long time. Everything was overgrown. So there was the good grass that we like, as well as all the weeds what we don't want. And that every time, um, Tessa, you're probably watching, I hope you're watching this. No, maybe you're not actually. You're probably sick of uh, what I'm about to say. And every time, every time I mow the lawns, I go, Tessa, I should do it more regularly. I should, I should do it every week. It'd be way easier. And then I do it three months later. Well, two and a half months later. And anyway, it's the same in our lives. I actually, I really enjoy when I'm uh, doing my gardening once every few months or mowing the lawns because, you know, like when you're gardening, you think, oh, about God and what He's doing. And it's a, it is the same. There's so many parallel, parallels. We can go through our lives, letting everything ticking along. We go through summer and, and we never pause to examine actually what's going on or, or let God examine what's going on in our hearts. And we, we discover when we do this, uh, that that actually there could be weeds that are growing, and we better deal with those weeds before they suffocate the goodness and the fullness of life that God is blessing us with. That's why I think it's really amazing, like the, these sort of themes of like gar- gardens and growth and stuff that have been coming through. I'm focusing on the negative part, the weeds, but that's you know you've got to hold this. God, you know, he causes all these, well, God doesn't cause the weeds to grow, but there's, uh, where, where God causes growth, other things happen to grow as well, I guess, is one way of thinking about it. So we want to deal with the weeds in our life before they suffocate the goodness and the fullness of life that God is blessing us with, because that's what weeds do. They stifle the growth of the good things we actually want to give space to and, and to flourish, like all of the weeds that are growing in my uh, lawn at the moment. 
Psalm 32. Psalm 32 says, Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. That's quite interesting because we've just moved into autumn, haven't we? I acknowledge my sin to you, and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Pause. Selah. Mum and Dad, if you're watching this, I want to honor you. Uh, Mum and Dad became followers of Jesus. Hey, look at that. What's popping up on the screen there? Oh, the Mescal of David. Yeah, this is the one I just read. Thanks, Sam. Um, <clears throat> my parents, my uh, mum and dad became followers of Jesus well before uh, us kids were born. So obviously, we grew up in a picture-perfect family with no disagreements or fights or bickering, except for when we did. And I remember one time when Nicholas, are you watching this, Nicholas? I was hoping you're going to be here because I've got this great story about you. Nicholas, my old, older brother, my old brother. Anyway, he's not here, so I'm just going to, you know, this is what little brothers do, eh, Judah? We rip our older brothers to shreds. So, Nicholas, you're about to be roasted. Anyway, we're walking to school. It's like clear as day. We're walking to school, and this other kid came up to us. This is up in Wadestown. And this kid, uh, he, we knew him, and he, and he offered us some chocolate on the way to school. Have I told you the story in it? No, it's quite funny. So, he offers us some chocolate, and Nicholas, he, you know, older brother, he, he's worldly wise, and he says, no, thank you don't want the chocolate. And I'm like, yes, please, give me some of that chocolate. And I, I remember it like clear as day. It looked like chocolate. I, and I took a big bite of it, and it wasn't chocolate. <laughs> it was brown crayon. And I guess, like, it's pretty funny. <laughs> and, uh, and weirdly, I don't hold a grudge against that kid. I don't even know who it was. But Nicholas, <laughs> I hold a grudge against you. I still have this deep unforgiveness. I'm looking at the screen. Because you should have stopped me. <laughs> I've got this deep unforgiveness. And so today is the day. This today is the day that I'm going to set me, myself free, and you free. Today that ends. Because I'm not even sure if you remember the story, but I forgive you. <laughs> I let go of the ancient grudge and the bad taste of crayon. <laughs> so... <laughs> Weird, eh? Forgiveness and unforgiveness are, are a big deal. They're powerful. They're shocking. And you think of so many news articles that you read where uh, it's, it, ha it only happens occasionally. But you see these news articles like where, where a parent's child has, has been killed by, you know, by a drunk driver or something like that. And then, and then they say, I forgive them. You go, what? You forgive the driver of the car that killed your child or, you know, something like that. Or, or you often, more often see the opposite where there's been some horrendous crime and, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the parent or whoever it is say, I'll never forgive that person. And sometimes they'll add the, the line, and I hope they rot in hell or something like that. So we see this. And both of them are like, oh, that's shocking to us, right? Shocking to us. But I, I often see that the... Where the, where the parent or whoever it is where they offer forgiveness, that's, that's like, man, that's amazing. From a biblical perspective, 
Forgiveness means excusing or pardoning someone in spite of their slights, their shortcomings or their errors, like I just forgave my brother for not protecting me uh, from eating crayon. There's so many other things I need to forgive you for, Nicholas. Um, Theologically, forgiveness is God's pardon of the sins of of all of us, of humans. So this is, I'm going to read something from, uh, not from the Bible, it's from the Mayo Clinic, which some people think is the Bible, but it's not. And they write, forgiveness means different things to different people. Generally, however, it involves a decision to let go of resentment and thoughts of revenge. The act that hurt or offended you might always be with you, but forgiveness can lessen its grip on you and help, you, help free you from the control of the person that harmed you. That's amazing, eh? Forgiveness can even lead to feelings of understanding, empathy, and compassion for the one who hurt you. Forgiveness, I'm still quoting from Mayo Clinic, forgiveness doesn't mean forgetting or excusing the harm done to you or making up with the person who caused the harm. Forgiveness brings a kind of peace that helps you get on with life. And they continue. This is where it gets really amazing. Letting go of grudges and bitterness can make way for improved health and peace of mind. Forgiveness can lead to healthier relationships, improved mental health, Less anxiety, stress, and hostility, lower lower blood pressure, fewer symptoms of depression, a stronger immune system, improved heart health, improved self-esteem. That's all from the Mayo Clinic. And and some some of it sounds like it could be straight from the Bible, eh? And so this is... Uh, I think it's amazing, eh? Is it possible? Is it possible that forgiveness and unforgiveness like affect us so deeply within our being that these things can actually have spiritual as well as physical outcomes. Uh, resentment related to unforgiveness. And 1,600 years ago, this, the church father, St. Augustine, apparently said resentment is like taking poison and hoping the other person dies. When you search up who actually said that. I'm not sure if it was St. Augustine, but it sounds more impressive when you say 1,600 years ago. It might have been someone more recently. I'm not sure. Either way, forgiveness is powerful, and yet it can be incredibly hard. And knowing the benefits, I mean, I read you that quote from Mayo Clinic, but knowing the benefits of forgiveness doesn't mean that we live in a culture or society that's well known for forgiveness. Cancel culture is not a forgiving culture. But we've got to be really, really careful here because you say we'd like cancel culture and you go, oh, that's, that's out there, that's somewhere else. But as always, it's, it's always easier to kind of point outwards, you know, you, you naughty people, <laughs> you naughty people out there. Wave our finger and we say, that's so unforgiving, but what was going on in our hearts? What's going inside? Unforgiveness is the weed, is our weed that we need to let go of in order to walk in the freedom of forgiveness that God lays out for us. And so we've got to do this with the Lord, and, and we pray like, David, search me, O God, and know my heart. This is Psalm 139. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any grievous way in me, and leave me, lead me in the way everlasting. Really, forgiveness, forgiveness lies at the heart of the good news, eh? The gospel of Jesus. It's the way of freedom. Forgiveness is the way of like everlasting life. And there are two elements, two elements that I kind of draw our attention to today. Firstly, God forgives us. 
so that we can be free from sin and we can be free from its ultimate consequence of death. One, God forgives us. Two, we forgive others. <laughs> we forgive others. And like, there's this amazing thing where forgiveness it simultaneously sets us free and there's an opportunity for the other person to be free as well. Firstly, let's come back. God forgives us. He forgives us completely. He, he, complete, he, he forgives us fully. So I won't go into the details, because they're not important. But for many, many years, I had a habitual, addictive battle with sin. And I mostly lost it. And it was something that I hated, something I did I hated, but I just couldn't seem to let go of it. And every time when I, when I did this thing, when I sinned, and then I'd come to my senses, and I'd be this like clarity, and I'd cry out to God, oh God, forgive me, forgive me again, set me free, help me to change. I'd cry, this, I'd cry out to him. And for many for many years, for many years, I had this deep misunderstanding about forgiveness and the forgiveness of God because I thought that eventually God would, would punish me or that God would he'd run out of forgiveness. He'd go, oh, James, you've gone too far this time. I thought that I'd push it too far and he would punish me. I seriously thought that. I thought that he was going to punish me instead of forgiving. I thought and I, and I believed that to be forgiven, I actually had to be not just a little bit sorry, but like really, 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 really sorry, like from deep within, like if I cried or got emotional, that was better, that showed I was more sorry. Does this ring any bells? I'm not, I could just be the only one in this. I, I mean, I mow my lawns every three months, so, you know, could just be me. But I believed and I, and I acted as though I had to feel it. I had to feel really bad, had to feel really guilty, and then God would truly forgive me. And guess what? I didn't change. I didn't change. Because I was caught like in this cycle of, cycle of guilt and shame. So every time I came to God, I was filled with guilt and shame, and, and I didn't change. And freedom came eventually. When it, when, I don't know how it happened, actually, but, but eventually it kind of dawned on me, like, like probably quite slowly, that, that God is actually so generous with his forgiveness, so generous with his love, that it's available to all of us all the time. Like Jesus' victory on the cross, it happened 2,000 odd years ago. So his forgiveness doesn't depend on my emotional state today, you know, in the moment. But instead, his forgiveness is almost, I, it's quite awesome that we've kind of got the, the bread and the juice in front of the cross because his forgiveness is almost like this feast which is laid out, laid out before him. For us to receive. And it's almost like his forgiveness is always spread out. And it simply involves us like turning, turning back, you know, turning back towards him and going, Lord, I know I've stuffed up, but I just I receive your forgiveness for me. I'm sorry, I receive your forgiveness for me. It's always there. His forgiveness motivated by motivated by love. And guess what? God is love. God is love. And this is, this is really the place that I believe like freedom from sin and freedom in our lives is, like, to use a pretty cliched term, but is activated. Or we discover that freedom in that place, like in his arms of love wrapped around us. First John 
First John 1 John 1.9 says, if we, for, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Like that cleansing from unrighteousness means sort of like the healing towards uh, acting the right ways. So firstly, and this is, that's so key, isn't it? I reckon that we've just been singing about it quite a lot this morning. Like that line in that song, Gardens to Graves, and we sang. I'm not afraid to show you my weakness. Well, I was afraid to show God my weakness, but I'm not anymore. I'm not afraid to show you my weakness, God, my failures and flaws. You've seen them all, and you still call me friend. Because the God of the mountain is the God of the valley, and there's not a place where your mercy and grace won't find me again. Five minutes to go, James. Firstly, God forgives us. Secondly, we are to, for, uh, to forgive others. You know, we're, we're actually, this is actually, we're called to forgive others. We're instructed to give, forgive others. We're even commanded to give others. It's like this passing on what we, what we receive from Jesus, what we receive from God, and extending this, receiving and extending God's grace and mercy to others. You could say that actually, uh, having a forgiving spirit or, or being a forgiver is like a defining mark, a characteristic of a follower of Jesus. Or, or that Christianity is a religion of forgiveness that flows from God. Now, listen to these passages. Ephesians 4, 29 to 5, 2 says, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God and Christ forgave you. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. We used to, at, at my school, when it's college, yep, we used to pray every week the Lord's Prayer. And right in the middle of that, it says, for if you, if you forgive others their trespasses, for if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, oh, sorry, that's, uh, sorry, coming a bit later on. The Lord's Prayer, we say, forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And then straight after that, Jesus says, For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your, he- your Father forgive your trespasses. And in Mark eleven twenty five, Jesus says, And whenever you stand praying, forgive, if you have anything against anyone, so that your Father also who is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. It's like this crazy link, day, eh? His forgiveness and our forgiveness of others. Peter, Peter the legend, Peter the rock, he comes up to Jesus one day and he goes, Lord, how often will my, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? And Jesus says, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times. That's Matthew 18, 21 to 22. And according to a couple of Old Testament passages, if you, if you forgave somebody three times, three times, that demonstrated you had a forgiving spirit. And so Jesus, I mean, Peter might have thought seven times, oh, that's generous. That's actually, that's, that's like more than double. That, more than double. 
But, but this doesn't actually even come close. Jesus says 77 times, or another other translations, it's not a, there's nothing on the screen, which is good. Jesus says 77 times, or other translations says 70 times 7, depending on which translation you're looking at. But either way, if it's 77 times or 490 times, I think what Jesus is getting at is not the number, it's not the number, but it's saying, don't keep count. You've got to forgive without keeping count. Jesus, I love Jesus. He's, he's, the, he's the word worker. So what he teaches, he teaches out of who he is, out of what he does. And I think this is so awesome because how many times have I sinned against God? I mean, I'm, I'm 44. That's quite old. And it's a lot of time, a lot of days to sin. <laughs> Like even if I only sinned twice a year, right? <laughs> that would still be 88. That's more than 77. My maths is good. Way more. I've, I've probably sinned more than 490 times. I mean, I definitely have. And they're just the ones I know about. And so thank you, Jesus. Will you say, like, more, don't keep count. That means you forgive me without keeping count. All right, going to quickly watch a, a video from, from Tefan. Does that just let me know when that's good to go? Sam. And Anna, if you could turn off those lights over there. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. These words of forgiveness from Jesus. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. These words of forgiveness from Jesus are astounding. He prays for our forgiveness, even when we know not what we do. Accepting and sharing God's forgiveness is at the heart of becoming like Christ. Forgiveness can be complicated though, especially when the parties involved don't see eye to eye on who did what, how serious it was, what needs to be done to make things right. Sometimes Jesus would speak these words to a person who has wronged us. They know not what they do. Other times, it's us that Jesus would speak these words to. We know not what we do. The challenge for us is to extend forgiveness the way Jesus did, not requiring the other person to have a perfect understanding of what they're doing before we extend forgiveness to them. This generous extending of forgiveness doesn't mean doing away with boundaries or evading consequences simply means taking away the proverbial knife from their throat or no longer pointing the finger at them or resolving not to think or speak negatively about them. We might even find that when we extend forgiveness like this, a burden we've been carrying is taken away. What freedom might come if you laid down that burden? Can you extend the same grace to others that you might want for yourself? Tefan for putting that video together and uh, filming at um, Shaw Vineyard. So we're going to take communion in a moment. This feast of forgiveness. The message of the, message of the cross is a message of forgiveness. And, it, and as we come to the table, what we'll do is we'll, um, we'll come and uh, grab a plate and, and some juice. There's um, gluten-free options on this table over here in front of the cross. 
and we'll hold that and we'll take it all together. But as we come this morning, let's uh, encourage us encourage us to think about two words that Dale spoke about: receive and extend. We receive God's forgiveness. We have this. We we can let go. We can let go of sin. We can let go of guilt and shame and condemnation, and we can receive His forgiveness. And we can receive his unmerited favor, his grace extended towards us. We can receive the freedom that his victory extends to us. And, and also in this moment, so we receive and we extend, receive and extend. As you receive his forgiveness, extend forgiveness to others. Like in this, there's a, there's a sacrifice because we might need to let, even let go of, of our kind of thoughts of or our desires for retribution. We might even need to let go of our, our thoughts of you know trying to obtain justice and, and trust that God is a God of just, just of justice and truth. He's the judge. And the, and this might sound really really weird, and and it might just be me, but but I wonder if some of us need to extend forgiveness to God. And I don't even know if that's the right way to say it, but I've, been, I've just been confronted by this myself and I felt to share it is that uh, I've, I've been holding on, to, holding on to resentment towards God. <laughs> like the last two years, especially the last year, have just been so difficult, so challenging in so many ways. And I've been, you know, just crying out to God and, and like, oh God, what are you doing? And, um, and this week I've been crying out to God. He showed me something and, and then I was like, I was actually blaming him for what was happening. Blaming him for the bad stuff instead of thanking him for all of the good stuff that's been going on. And so I had to go, oh Lord, <laughs> this sounds really weird. But, but, I, but I forgive you for something you haven't, you haven't even done anything wrong. But I don't know how to make, get the right words of, around that. So I, I come before him. I'm coming before him today and letting it all go at the foot of the cross. And that's what we do. We come right up to the great high priest, up to Jesus, right up to the throne of grace with his, with his words ringing in, in our ears. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. So there we go. I just invite you um, to come when you're ready. Grab a piece of bread and some juice and we'll uh, take this all together. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this morning. Thank you, Lord, that we get to participate from this feast. Lord, I pray that even now we would just know that freedom that comes from your forgiveness as we turn to back towards you, as we turn away from, from uh, sin that's in our lives, or, we, or you make us aware of unforgiveness in our lives and we go, okay, God, I forgive that person or whatever it is. I pray even in this, as we as we eat the bread, as we come to eat the bread and drink the wine, that you'd you'd give us the give us the ability to forgive, to receive your forgiveness and to forgive others. So yeah, so let's let's come and do this together.
Thanks, Lord. We thank you so much. Thank you for your, your great love for us. Thank you for your, your forgiveness extended to us, Lord. Thank you, for your, thank you, Jesus, for going to the cross and for taking the worst that the world could throw at you. Thank you for taking on yourself our sins. Thank you, Jesus, that you died. Thank you, Jesus, that you rose again. You rose in victory. Death defeated. Sin nailed to the cross. And Lord, as we, as we take this bread and as we drink the juice today, Lord, would you lead us into deeper freedom in you? Thank you, Father. So let's take the bread. Lord, we thank you. Jesus, we thank you for your body broken for us, Lord. We take this and we eat it in remembrance of you, God. We take the cup, Lord. Your blood, Lord, your blood that, that cleanses us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We take this in remembrance of you, Lord. Lord, thank you that, that your kindness leads us to repentance. Thank you, Lord, that repentance is the way of freedom. Thank you that, that we can come to you and receive your mercy. We can discover grace in our, times of, in our time of need. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Just this, almost like the sense of... Um, might want to do a bit of weeding today. And there's this, um, you know what I said before about like dealing with the weeds, pulling, get, getting rid of them, acknowledging them. And un unforgiveness is like that. Unforgiveness is like a weed that we can, we can deal with and just bring it to God. And, and, and we discover like that freedom and that life, that growth. So as we finish up this morning, you might, you might even want to stay in your seat for a while and um, and just bring that to God, or you might want to come and pray in front of the in front of the cross, and just bring that bring that to God. I don't know what's going on in your lives. I know what I know what's going on in mine. I know I've got enough weeds I need to deal with. And if you want prayer for anything at all, so just come and come and grab me, and I'd love to love to pray for you. Thank you, Father. Yeah, Lord, we we just look to you today. We look to you today. I pray, Father, for your, for your blessing over our church, over Capital Vineyard, for the ones that are at home. Lord, I pray for a special blessing over the ones that are at home that are isolating, or the ones that have uh, COVID, Lord. I pray for, for healing. Like we, speak to, we speak to the disease to lift off them in the name of Jesus. We speak freedom and wellness. We speak your peace instead of fear. Let, let peace invade. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Pray for your covering over our church, oh, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you are with us in our time of need.
Mm, we bless you, Jesus. Amen.